0: Good morning, welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Appleton and Stevens Point, as well as those who watch us online and on television. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith, this is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, for us and for our salvation, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us uh, this Sunday morning. I want to give a shout out to uh, Gary and Ashley Balza as they bring into the world Nevaeh Jasmine. Give them a hand. Well done. Uh, we like babies here. Also over at our Appleton campus, uh, Derek and Jacqueline a uh, brew baker, celebrate the arrival of Helena Joy. And when I say arrival, I mean, they literally drove over to Detroit to pick her up. It's an adopted baby. Give them a hand in for that. <clears throat> uh, as most of you know, unless you're a visitor or come to church once or twice a year, which there's quite a few of those. <laughs> We are a multi-site church, which means we have several locations, but we're all tied in together at the same time uh, and celebrate uh, and worship God together. We have our campus here in Green Bay. We have our Spanish-speaking campus. We have a campus at Appleton and in Stevens Point. Once a year, we get everybody together and have one big service at the Widener Center in town. Now, easier for those of us in uh, Green Bay, certainly. Appleton, not too bad. Point. We uh, appreciate the long haul for you, but we love it when you come over. It's a great service. One of my favorite services of the year when we get to see everybody and you get a sense for how many people are being touched by this church. So we have our annual big celebration where everybody comes together. It'll be at the Widener Center because we can't fit everybody in here. Uh, So we have to rent that, but it's it's a fun service. It's gonna be November 1st, okay? The first Sunday in November. Where everybody gets together, and uh, we got a little video to promo that this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the first service. They just put O-B-C. I thought, what is that, like a drug or something? We got a condition? Hi, I suffer from O-B-C. And uh, so they put in one big celebration this time for the pastor. God bless them. Pretty well done. Anyway, our big O-B-C celebration. One big celebration. (laughs) November one. And, uh, and for those of you uh, who are able to, if God has blessed you and, and given you a great year and stuff, if you could come with a special financial gift, we're almost to our goal for our Go Beyond campaign. We're still not quite there. So we want to encourage you, if it's an extra 10 bucks, or an extra 10,000 bucks, God's blessed people at various levels, whatever you think you could do and say, you know, we could come and give this extra gift. Uh, keep that in mind so that we can reach our financial goal. Uh, this morning... I want to talk to you on the concept of uh, unconditional love. Now, I just re- released a little book called The Battle Over the Rules, and the various campuses have the, the book available. I'm going to be talking about this over the next couple of weeks, at least anyway. And uh, now the book, the premise of the book is to uh, help couples who argue. I know that never happens with any of you. But uh, argue about, you know, what you should have to do and what you shouldn't have to do and who makes up the rules and what are the rules and da 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 uh, anyway, the reason we get into this is uh, we, uh, because of the couples that struggle with it. Now, this isn't a, a series of messages on relationships, but it is based on the premise that we're talking about because a lot of people believe in this concept today of unconditional love, that we should all have unconditional love for each other, and God has unconditional love and some way. So uh, I've got a problem with the concept, and I want you to listen, <laughs> okay, to what I'm saying And not have have knee-jerk reactions. Our church, not so much, but particularly people around the country who listen to this stuff, you know, they freak out. Listen to what I'm saying, or at a minimum, at least even listen to what I'm trying to say, even as much as what I'm saying. You know, a lot of times people get really hung up on literally what somebody says, and it's actually a terrible way of learning and, and communicating. You know, couples again will have this argument. You know, well, you said such and such. Yeah, but what I meant is, I don't. That's what you said. Really check your medication, okay? Relax, because if you get really hung up on every little word somebody says, you're gonna be miserable. Stop doing that. Try to listen to what someone's trying to say, even though they might be terrible at saying it. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So uh uh Anyway, this process that I want to talk about, this concept of unconditional love where people think, well, there should be no rules. If there's really true love, there should be no rules. And people think about this in relationships. That's why people, you know, today, especially younger people, they don't even bother to get married. They just shack up. They think, "Well, it shouldn't matter because they're, you know, we love each other and there shouldn't have to be any rules and stuff." The problem is all it is is anarchy. And it sounds lovely. It even sounds noble, but it is in fact baloney. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. Here, people have Unconditional rules with your kids. You have unconditional rules with your kids, you're going to raise a hellion. Right? People say, Well, I trust my teenagers. Really? How dumb are you? You know? There needs to be rules without rules. Well, you know, I don't want any rules with this. You know, in society, we uh, don't have rules today. I was talking to one of the police officers in this area uh, this morning and Sitting on the surface right now, and uh, talking about the, you know all the hassles that police officers are getting, and people don't want anybody to say anything about anything, and you know. But if you have no rules, it's just anarchy. It will create destruction in people's lives. Uh, what was I talking about this morning on the first? Surface, you know, uh, what was that movie, Joe? Back in the 1820s when you and I first saw this movie, Love Story. Yeah, yeah. You were in the 1820s as well, yeah, weren't you? <laughs> You know, they have that phrase, you know, love means never having to say you're sorry. Really, what moron came up with this idea? Love means nothing but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay? (laughs) If you can't say you're sorry, you're doomed. All right, but they they come up with this nonsense ideas, and the church sometimes gets caught up in nonsense, and we have for the last 2,000 years our biggest problem is we, in our effort to relate to the culture around us, we let the culture sometimes poison us. And one of the poisonous concepts that we've come up with is, is this idea of unconditional love, which everybody loves. It means everything's free for, free for all, and I don't have to answer to anybody. And la, 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 la. Uh, the problem is, I know what they're trying to say. They're trying to say God loves us no matter what, which I agree. Everybody say God loves me. God loves See, everybody, everybody's happy now, okay? God loves you. Okay, what I'm trying to do is separate this idea about the conditions. God loves you. You know, people say, you know, God loves you just the way you are. Just the way you are. I know what they're trying to say, but that's not really true. God loves you despite the way you are. (laughs) And there's a big difference, right? Just the way I am means, well, I don't have to change. I got news for you. You need to change. We all need to change. All right, there are some basic rules. And again, this idea... That no conditions means pure love is absurd. Even when we have a wedding, you know, and they come together, the first thing we do is we go over the conditions, right? For better or for worse, because we know what's coming, <laughs> all right? Sickness and in health, richer or poor, forsaking all, everybody say all. all. Forsaking all others until one of you kicks off. All right, well, we say death do you part, but that's what we're saying. All right, these are the conditions. There are rules, relationships are rules. You know, for example, between me and my wife, you know, I'm not allowed to date other women. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, this idea that you can do anything because of love is insanity. And it is not a biblical concept. Now, when I was first going over this, working on this in my head over the last couple of years, uh, you know, sometimes you think, (laughs) am I really thinking right? But as you look at the Bible, the phrase unconditional love is not anywhere in the Bible, number one. So, well, the concept is there. Well, if you look as hard as you can, even the concept isn't there. Uh, I met a, a pastor in Australia a couple of years ago when I was over there, and he said, you know, I was given the task of doing a sermon series on unconditional love. He says, I was stunned. It's not in the Bible. I said, I know, I've been thinking about this very same thing. And he was just like really amazed. It's just not there. And what we're going to do is we're going to start from uh, the beginning and do a very quick walk through the Bible. (laughs) We're not going to go through the whole thing. We'll be here forever, you know, for the next several years. Uh, But just kind of a brief highlight of this idea of conditions. Are there conditions? Are they important? I would say yes, because without conditions, love is not possible. It's the exact opposite. You know, again, people who say, Well, I love my kids, I never do anything, I let them do whatever they- I just really love. The Bible says if you never enforce conditions with your children, not only do you not love them, the Bible says you hate them. So, well, that's not true, that's not what I feel. It doesn't matter what you feel, there's still truth. You have no conditions in your relationship with children, you will have a disaster. You have to have conditions with everybody. You go to work. <laughs> There's conditions. Number one, you have to go to work. Okay, you don't go to work, you don't get paid. Life is full of conditions, and even God. Now, if we look back at the very beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. He has this beautiful Garden of Eden. I mean, can you imagine how gorgeous this place? I mean. The earth is still a beautiful place. There's places in this world that are stunning. Over the next several weeks in Wisconsin, it's going to be gorgeous as all the colors change. It's a beautiful place. But can you imagine the Garden of Eden before everything got crazy? How gorgeous that was. And God gave them free reign over everything. But something wasn't quite right. What? There were no conditions. And true love can't really thrive without conditions. And God gives one very simple Condition. We read about it in Genesis. It says the Lord took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to work and care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. They had free reign. They could do anything, touch any of them. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. One tree, one tree. Don't touch the one tree. Why? Why people say this to me. Why did God do that? Why was if there would have been no tree, there would have been no problem? And every, but the problem is it's it's a fantasy. You can't really have love. There's no demonstration of commitment without some kind of condition. God gives them one very simple thing. Don't touch the one tree. Now, how long was it before they went to the tree? I don't know. Knowing most people, about 45 minutes, you know. It, it doesn't take, what, the one tree they want? It is the one they're not supposed to touch. Ooh, look at that one. Uh. And of course, the devil comes along, and he's the first one, I would argue, that talked about unconditional love. Oh, God won't care. Won't be a problem. Uh. And of course, it got us all in this big, fat mess. That's what started the whole problem. Then you've got the Old Testament. Now, we're just going to look at one little uh, section of the Old Testament here uh, that really sets up the entire Old Testament. And that's in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, when Moses is talking to the people. He says, now, what I command you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach, okay? Hello, this isn't that hard. It's not up to heaven, so that you have to ask, who's going to go to heaven to get it? And proclaim it to us that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea. So you have to ask, oh, who's going to cross the sea to get it? And proclaim it to us that we may not obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart so you may obey it. He's told them. And the, the fundamental pr- uh, premise was the Ten Commandments. Okay, and of course they added others to himself. stuff. But uh, so he says it's not all that hard. And then in verse 15 he says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep my commands, uh, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your hearts turn away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing. Uh, the Jordan to enter and possess. So this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. And then he has to encourage him. Now choose life. <laughs> really, life, death? I don't know. What kind of death are we talking about here? You know, people thinking though they want to know how far they can go. You know, to get away. No, he made it very clear. Just choose life. Life so you can be blessed. Now, if you read the whole Old Testament, which will take you a little while, it's all accounts of that. When they would do the right thing, God would bless them incredibly. Life was amazing. But when they would disobey God, then they'd have all kinds of trouble. And most of the time, they disobeyed God and had all kinds of trouble. You would think people running into bad consequences would get them to change their lives. Sadly, it does not. People get into all kinds of crazy, and they have horrible circumstances, and they get all upset. Not at what got them there. They're just upset because there's bad circumstances, and they want them to go away. Well, no, they just don't go away. You have to do the right thing. So that's pretty much the whole Old Testament. Now, it's really without dispute. Now, people say, well, pastor, that was the Old Testament. In the New Testament, that's where we see the grace of God, and this is where we experience the unconditional love of God. Really, let's take a look at the grace of God. We're going to start with the Gospels here, and we're not going to read every single time this comes up, but I want you to see some of the key elements here. Jesus starts in Matthew chapter 7, a pretty familiar verse of Scripture. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. What's the promise? The promise is it will be given, you will find, and the door will be open. Everybody loves it. Oh, the door's going to open, you're going to find, everything's going to work out for you. But what's the conditions? You have to ask, you have to seek, and you have to knock. There are conditions tied to those promises. And you'd be surprised how many people literally today... Don't think in these terms. They think they should have whatever their little heart desires. They actually believe the Bible teaches they should have whatever their little heart desires. It doesn't matter what they do, and it's absurd. I have people come to me and say, Pastor, will you pray for me to get a job? I've been praying for this job. I pray that God will give me a better job. And I'll say, okay, well, where are you looking? Oh, I'm not looking. (laughs) Really, are you crazy? You got to go, there's people who really think this way. They just want God to bless them. They don't want to get off their butt. I got news for you. You want a better job? Work your butt off. Go look for it. Get some more education or whatever you got to do to find a better job. Just sit around and whine because life isn't the way that you expect it to be. Say, well, I, I should just be able to pray. Yeah, you got to pray, but you still have to ask and you have to seek and you have to knock. You will do these things and you trust God. God will bless you and you will succeed far beyond those who just ask and seek and knock on their own strength. Uh, Here's a promise Jesus gives us. He says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. What's the promise? The promise is I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. I promise you, when you die and you stand before God, you want Jesus to look at you and say, I know this guy. Father, I know this guy, this is a good guy, all right? You don't want Jesus to look at you and go, I don't know what he's doing here, all right? That would be bad for you. Now the good news is Jesus said he would acknowledge you before the Father. But what's the condition? If you acknowledge me before other people. What does that mean? It means you got to live out your faith. Don't be ashamed of who you are and what you believe. Don't be trying to be some kind of undercover Christian, you dun, 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 dun. Nobody knows who you are, what you believe. Now, that doesn't mean you got to run around and stick your faith in people's faces. If you're a restaurant, you don't walk up to the table and say, hey, I'm a born-again Christian. I feel the Holy Spirit washing the blood of the Lamb. You want fries with that? (laughs) You know, you don't need to. You're going to get fired. You're going to be a jerk. The Bible doesn't say you're supposed to be a jerk. You don't got to run around and stick your religion in everybody's face all the time. But... The people who know you, your friends, your coworkers, those people in your life, your family, do they know who you are? Do they know what you believe? Well, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't want to talk about that. That's bad for you. Well, well, God will take me out. Jesus says, I'll confess you before the Father if you confess me before men. But see, we don't like those conditions. We want to live in this artificial world that we've created where there's no conditions that doesn't really matter. But it does matter. Jesus says uh, this. He says, come to me. This is another famous scripture. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your soul. What's the promise? You'll find rest in your soul. What's the conditions? You've got to come, and you've got to learn. Everybody say learn. All right? Just having a Bible in your house won't do you any good. You've got to actually read it. A Bible is not a good luck charm or something, a talisman that keeps away demons. Demons are sitting on that Bible laughing at you, all right? You've got to read it. You've got to actually learn, learn in your faith, grow in your faith. These are the conditions. You do this, you will come, put his yoke on you, learn, you will find rest. So, well, I just want to find rest just because I believe. Well, believe is important, but you still have to do these things. These are the conditions is why some of you still struggle in your faith and don't have a lot of rest because you don't come, you don't really try to learn much. Um, Jesus said this uh, again: Truly, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What's the promise? Whatever you ask, my Father in heaven, he'll do it for you. What's the condition? If two of you agree, pray together. Okay. Here's another one: If you believe. You will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. What's the promise? You'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. What's the condition? If you believe. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but there are millions of people who are Christians who are pray, but the whole time they're praying, they still don't really believe. You know how you can find it out? You know, I ask people this all the time when I come to them and they want to pray, and I'll I'll ask them this. I say, let me ask a question. Can you picture in your mind the answer that you're praying for? Do you know the vast majority of time they look at me and say, "No, I can't even imagine it." Well, sweetheart, I like that you think my prayer is going to change something, or if you can get five hundred thousand people around on Facebook, I'll pray for you that something's going to change. But a lot of times, you find that nothing's going to change. Why? Because you are in a place of unbelief. If you can't even imagine, no one's saying you got to guarantee any results. I'm talking about just imagining in your head what you're trusting God for. And you'll be surprised how many, if you'll be honest right now, what you're really struggling with, can you imagine, many of you, many of you right now can't even imagine it. You should be able to imagine anything. If I said, picture a elephant with big purple polka dots, you all can see that in your head right now. Not me, but in your head, all right? You could be able to imagine anything. But when you really want what you're praying for and you can't even, you know what that is? That's a, just a lack of unbelief in your head, and you've got to get past that. Now, you can pray people to pray for you, ask people to pray for you, that God will remove that in your life and help you get to a place of faith. But you want, you say, well, God, why doesn't God answer my prayers? I, I pray, and God doesn't answer my prayers. I pray, and God doesn't, I got all kinds of people praying for me. God doesn't answer my prayer, why not? Well, let's start with that you can't even imagine it. It's called unbelief. Jesus says you can get what you ask for in prayer. The condition is you have to believe that it's possible. If you're in a place where you can't even imagine being possible, that's just not a good place for you. Uh, Here's something Jesus said. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. What's the promise? You will be saved. What's the condition? You have to stand firm to the end. All right, there's conditions. Here's one. People don't like this one. They like the promise. not too great on the condition. Jesus said this, give and it will be given to you. And not just given to you, but good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Well, everybody loves that. Man, that's what I want. That's the promise. You will receive, pressed down. It's because there's so much stuff coming. You gotta, You know what I'm talking about? You're, you're trying to pack and you can't get more stuff. You just press down, man. and get on it, shove more stuff in there because you just want to get more. It says the blessings of God will have to be pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. Everybody wants that blessing. Yes, 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 yes. What's the conditions? You gotta give. Oh well. I'm not excited about that. Why can't I just get all this stuff? You know how many people tell me all the time, Pastor, I'm just praying I'll win the lottery. Because if I win the lottery, I'll be able to give a big offering. Number one, if you win the lottery, you probably won't give jack. You think you will. I promise you, money has a funny power about it. Everybody thinks, oh, well, if I had an extra million dollars, man, I'd just give so much to church. Someone gives you a million dollars tomorrow, the first thing you're do, you're gonna hang on to it. Well, I should give somebody money to the church. Well, how about $100? You know, because, because you're just, if you're tight now with a little bit, you're still gonna be a tightwad with a lot. Somebody say amen. You're convinced you got millions of dollars. You're just, money's going to flow through. You're going to be generous. No, you won't. You'll be trying to disconnect every phone and everything in your life because your relatives will be coming over as soon as they know you got money, man. (laughs) Hey, everybody's going to love you now. Oh, hi, Uncle Ralph. You know, everybody wants something from you. You'll be hiding. Listen to me. You need to give first, and then God will bless you. What we want is God first to bless us, and then if we got extra over, we'll give. That's just not the way it works. These are the conditions. You say, how come I'm not experiencing blessings and being shoved down or shaken and pouring? Because you're a tightwad, that's why. Because you're not meeting the conditions. You have to meet the conditions, and then God's promises will kick in. We read this last week, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. What's the promise? You can have eternal life. What's the condition? You have to believe. You have to put your trust in him. Uh, What else we got here? just running through. (laughs) Here's kind of a negative one. A bunch of people came to Jesus one day because bad stuff had been happening in the news. You know, these people had died in a horrible way. They asked Jesus, do they die because they're bad people? And Jesus said this, look, you better stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. The promise... Something worse may happen to you. Condition, you gotta stop sinning. Jesus said this, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Oh, wouldn't it be great if all the internal desires of your heart were met? Yes, that's the promise. But the conditions are you've got to come to him and you have to put your trust in him. Jesus said whoever believes in me Rivers of living water will flow from within them. What's the promise? You'll have rivers of living water. What's the condition? You got to believe. I'm the light of the world. Jesus says, "Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." Promise, light of life. Condition: You got to follow me. It goes on and on. Get the book. I list them all in here, but where's uh, uh, <laughs> one in here that I like this one? Jesus says in John 15, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, uh, you are my friends if you do what I command. Ask what, no, that's not the one. You are my friends, John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. There we go, all right. So everybody likes to say, you know, Jesus says we're his friends. You know, we got that song, I am a friend of God. I know we love to sing and celebrate, but that's not really true. He didn't say everybody's my friend. He says, you're my friend if you do what I say. See, we take the conditions out today. Our songs take the conditions out. Our sermons take the conditions out. Our little cards take the conditions out. These preachers on TV tell about how God wants to bless everybody, but they take the conditions out. We love to take, because we think conditions are bad. That if we give conditions that, but you can't just think and stuff out of the Bible thinking that you're going to make sense out of it. The reality is, there are conditions. If we meet the conditions, and here's the thing, there are simple conditions. It's like Moses said, it's not like you got to go to the moon to get this stuff. It's not like you have to, you know, cross the ocean or in Green Bay, cross the river. You know, it's a lot for some people. You know. It's not like it's really difficult. It's all there. You can all experience it. It's all easy stuff to do. But we have to get out of our idea that we're just going to prosper, we're gonna succeed in life, we're gonna have all the blessings, and I don't have to do anything. That is ridiculous. It is absurd, it is not biblical. Does God love you even if you don't keep the conditions? Of course he does. Love you straight up, no questions. But don't go around saying God has unconditional love or in your own life, we all have unconditional love. It sounds so romantic, so nice, I'm telling you. It is destructive. It is part of a self-centered, self-destructive, narcissistic culture that we live in today. That everybody just wants to do anything they want to do and nobody can tell them one way or the other. And they think that's where there's real freedom and there's real life, when in fact it is not. You have no rules. Life is a disaster. Most of you driving home, most of you, will follow the rules of the road. (laughs) if everybody just got to do whatever they wanted to do, who cares if there's a line? What's a line? It's just paint. How about we drive on either side? Well, you're going to have some very bad experiences if you do that. There's rules. Life has to have rules. Now, I understand there's rules that are oppressive and destructive, and there's legalistic rules that churches come over with to make everybody miserable. Nobody's talking about that. We're talking about following the very basic conditions and rules that God has so that you can thrive and be blessed. Now next week, we're going to continue with this. Those were just highlights from the Gospels. We're going to go through a lot of the epistles of the the New Testament and show you the same situation. A lot of the promises people think that these get automatically. We'll learn, in fact, there are conditions to all of these things. Simple conditions, but conditions nonetheless. Say God loves me, He cares about me, wants to bless me. I'm just saying, don't add this idea that there are no conditions. It is not true. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. We thank you that you do love us. In fact, you said that you so loved the world that you gave your only son that who would believe in him would not perish and have everlasting life. Help us to learn, God, that there are reasonable conditions as we walk with you and in all our relationships in life and uh, give us insights into that so we can truly succeed and be greatly blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Great, have a great day.